You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young. We are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan, and we are here with two beautiful women, Kelly Venable and Laura Stevens from Your Hiring Coaches. Now, there are a lot of assessments that you can take as a business owner or, or give your employees, but I'm going to tell you why this one is different, and these two are phenomenal, and we've, uh, me and Scott have actually had the opportunity with our team as well to go through this assessment. And it's incredible. So let's talk a little bit about it, and then uh, and then we'll go from there. So let's talk. You know, what are your specific methods when you're trying to find the best employees for your company right now? That is tough, right? This is not a client-driven market. This is a candidate-driven market. They have the ability to choose where they want to work. So what are you doing to to not only get the best talent but keep that? Are you working with recruiting services? Are you doing job postings? Are you throwing a Hail Mary pass to the end zone that you have a hope that somebody might catch a game-winning touchdown and I'm going to get an employee and it's going to be great? And then you always say this, there must be a better way because there always is a better way. And Kelly is one that knows that too well. As the founder and president of Your Hiring Coaches, she puts it like this. Uh, you put aces in their places, as she likes to say, and I love that statement. Uh, why take chances on your next hire when data can point you in the right direction to fill in the gaps uh, on your staff, create that energy, the culture you want in your office? It sounds like a phenomenal idea. Like I said, me and Scott got to go through this behavioral assessment. It will tell you everything about yourself, about your team, um, how you work together, and really show you the whole of what you need to bring in your team to make that not only more diverse, but bring in an organization that everybody can add add to, you know, kind of the glory of the entire organization because you can't hire everybody that's the exact same and have a successful company. And that's what we're going to learn here today. So thank you so much, Kelly and Laura from Your Hiring Coaches. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Brand Builders Podcast. Gosh, thank you so much for that wonderful intro, Brian. That was amazing. I hope I can match your energy. Um, you can. <laughs> I know talking about hiring and recruiting and all of that is not nearly as interesting as some of the people you've had. We might not be talking about some delicious peanut butter bourbon or driving excavators, you know, yeah. but we'll try to make this as interesting as possible. So thanks for having us. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you all for joining us. Um, if there's anything left to say about your company, which I know there is, <laughs> we would we would love to know more. Tell us about your company, where you came from, where you are, what makes it stand out from the recruiting crowd. Okay, absolutely. So Laura and I, well, Laura's not a native Charlottean. I, I'm a native of the Carolinas, but Laura's been here for years. Um, <clears throat> so we're kind of born and bred Carolina, Carolina girls. Um, we both have over 55 years in recruiting sales and operations and entrepreneurship. And so we really <clears throat> enjoy working with business owners and hiring managers. We've been in your shoes. I was a director of sales for 11 years, and then I was in recruiting for 10 years prior to that, and then owned a couple of businesses in between. So we definitely understand the hiring landscape, and it just kind of comes naturally to us. Laura and I are both natural connectors. We're constantly thinking about who would be a great fit for this company or that company. And, you know, <clears throat> it just really comes naturally to us. So we're very thorough in vetting candidates and we do utilize some technology um, when our clients want to access the technology that we have available to be a little bit more unique in that way. Um, we really talk about being able to hire the whole person 
more the head, the heart, and the briefcase. And what that means is <clears throat> the head is really the ability to absorb and learn information. The heart is what motivates somebody to do a good job. And the briefcase is their resume and their work history. Most people really only look at the resume and work history part of it. And they make hiring decisions based on their gut and likability factor. Hmm. I've done that quite a few times. <laughs> some <laughs> no, have worked out, some haven't. <laughs> yeah. Did that work out for me? I don't know if he's, if he's leaving. Uh, I worked out great right, for perfect, Brian. Perfect. Uh, yeah, the gut absolutely. was good on that one. <laughs> so um, tell us, you know, Laura, a little bit about, you know, your background. I have a unique background as I spent five years in the executive recruiting world, uh, working as a division director and I know all about the recruiting side of things, the good, the bad, the ugly, why it's important, why companies need a good recruiter. But ultimately, it's not even about a recruiter. It's a partner. It's somebody that can truly understand your culture and be a resource to find that talent for specifically companies that are growing. Tell us a little bit about kind of your role, not only in this company, but what differentiates you from really all the different recruiters out there. Because let's be honest, there's a new recruiter on every single corner. And the barrier of entry to becoming a recruiter is probably getting an email address. So it's not that difficult to say, I'm, I'm a recruiter. But there's a big difference between a good one and a bad one. Sure. Um, thanks again for having us on here today. And you're exactly right. There are a lot of recruiters out there. What and how I approach things is I really want that relationship with our client first and foremost and really understand what they're looking for and have multiple conversations with them so I can vet the right candidates. And in vetting candidates today, you know, it's a market out there and I absolutely reach out, um, whether if it's on email, text, I will call people, leave them a voicemail, and not many people do that anymore. Um, I've got great follow-up. I have a system that I make sure and follow up. If I haven't heard from somebody, I'm going to start really following up with them until we connect and really, if it's somebody I'm truly interested in. Um, so I think follow-up is super important and letting a candidate know where they stand in the hiring process when they're being put in front of a client and really just trying to answer every question I can in the beginning stages of the recruiting process. What do you think the biggest issue is right now? I think not necessarily recruiting in general, but I think there's a big difference between looking at a recruiter as a, a true resource and somebody that you honestly can't imagine not using from a hiring standpoint, and then looking at how much money you would pay for a recruiter. Like it, there's a big difference there and you kind of get some differentiating opinions on recruiters. I remember being one and you'd be like, oh, yeah, this is what I do. And people be like, oh, headhunter. And like, ah, you'd be like, OK, <laughs> never mind. Not having a conversation with this guy. Or you had some people that really saw the value of that. I, I, it's just kind of an interesting bridge. You either have one or the other, it seems. We usually work with more small to medium sized businesses. And a lot of times um, in their HR department, that consists more of benefit administration, payroll, you know, sometimes some conflict resolution, things like that. They don't really have the time to dedicate to recruiting. And that's where we come in. That's really what we do all day, every day. We have lots of um, back-end technology to allow us to be able to reach out to passive candidates um, and engage them. And we always make sure that anyone we present to our clients, we vet them very thoroughly with a phone screen. And then we always do a Zoom interview. 
you know, gone are the days where you have an office and people come in and do a face-to-face interview with you. So we are really more of an extension of, of your HR department where you can rely on us to really understand the inner workings of your company. We try very hard to partner with our clients. We like to go to their office. We really want to get a feel for their, their culture. We not only want to talk to the HR department, <clears throat> but we really want to get to know their hiring managers. Sometimes things can get lost in translation between, you know, someone in HR may be communicating to you what they think the hiring manager wants. And then you end up sending candidates over and they say, oh, well, I really wish that they would have had this and this, or did you ask them this question or that question? So we try to do all of that on the front end. We have a scope of work document that we have people fill out. Um, and we really are, true partners where we're not going to have a lot of young kids out of college sourcing people. Um, we just did a, a big executive placement. That, in, that entails a lot of work going back and forth, talking <clears throat> to the candidate, to the hiring manager, negotiating salary, equity, PTO. We get involved in all of that and we help help our clients through those things. What do you think the biggest I guess, misconception or issue that companies are having right now with hiring. Because I think, you know, if you're coming out of the pandemic, it's never been wider from a gap from what hiring managers or owners are looking for versus what candidates are looking for. And what I mean by that is now in this candidate-driven market where they have options, where they can demand a work from home, where they want unlimited PTO, where you know, Hey, and pay for my college and everything else. I mean, let's just throw it all on the table. What are you guys seeing? Like, how is that negotiation happening, happening, happening right now? And like, Hey, how are business owners dealing with that? And then on the other end of it, what are candidates right now asking for? Like, what, what are you going to have to offer right now to really get that best talent? I know that's a long type of a, que- Bunch of a of question. Yeah. In there. <laughs> yeah. Hope you all but are I, ready. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just curious. I know it's literally both sides of the fence, but if you looked right now from an owner standpoint versus a candidate standpoint, what are the challenges that they're having right now um, on either side of that fence? I'll speak to that um, from what I've experienced recently. Certainly candidates are requiring and requesting that there is a hybrid type model where they can work from home and employers got used to doing it. However, you lose so much of the camaraderie and the togetherness that an organization truly needs and thrives on and having their people in the office with them. Um, And I think that from an employer standpoint, to allow employees to have that flexibility is key, number one. Um, you know, we all are talking about the mental health days that employers are offering. Not all employers are doing it, but truly that's the way the market's going. And whether they want to call it a mental health day or not, or just a self-care day, I think that's huge now today for all of us. Um, those are some key features. Of course, money is always on the table. And if, you know, there's a little bit of wiggle room, Kelly and I try to find the wiggle room out in the beginning to know how much we can extend or where we can't at all. So knowing those things up front is key in finding the best candidates for our clients. Kelly, do you have more you want to add to that? Well, we all have heard the Department of Labor statistics, 4.3 million people quit their jobs in August alone. And, you know, there are some stats out there where 
when people are surveyed, you know, they want flexibility and they want to be seen, heard, and understood. One of the things I think that, you know, are missing is the development of frontline managers. You know, they're having to manage remotely. They don't have the skill set to do that. A lot of people who get promoted into management, they get promoted because they're the best employer. They've been there the longest. It's not necessarily that they have the management skills to bring to the table, nor are they developed once they are put into a management position. So I've seen people go into management and get no extra training. Um, and one of the things that we do with the predictive index software that we have is we are able to show you what your team looks like, show you how to manage your people better by knowing a little bit more about them as a human. There's more to a person than just what the skill set is that they bring to the table. People, you know, I, all these people leaving their jobs now, it's just very disheartening. I mean, and it's because they are really, COVID caused them to, to start really thinking about what's important to them. That's one of the reasons I left several years ago. Um, my father passed away um, from ALS back in December of 2018. And it was a wake up call for me, kind of like what's going on with the COVID landscape right now. It was, you know, what do I really want to do? And what, how, how do I want to make a difference? And, you know, helping people become better managers and managing from a human side of things. One of our core values is people first. And we really live that. We really live that out. We try to help our clients understand how important that is these days. Are you guys actually having trouble finding talent as well? I mean, where is everybody, right? Like everybody's looking for help. The, you know, the, the great resignation, all these things. What's everybody doing? What are you hearing? Are, are there plenty of candidates or is it more the employer's fault for not doing some of the things you just discussed, you know? A lot of people have left and started their own businesses. I think, you know, especially people in the hospitality industry, you know, they were out of work for quite some time. A lot of them have picked up a lot of side hustles from what, you know, I've heard. Mm -hmm. um, also, it, it is tough to find candidates. I mean, if you don't have the right technology and software to be able to um, source passive candidates and you aren't compelling enough to even get them to the table to have a conversation, you know, that's the thing. We, we don't mass recruit. Laura and I are boutique recruiters. We work with a few clients at a time, and we really dedicate our time to finding the right person. And, you know, there's, there's companies out there that do bulk recruiting. You know, that's really not what we do. So are you um, all industry specific or do you kind of play in a lot of different industry buckets? Believe it or not, we have placed people from HR managers to marketing to IT, um, even in the construction field, administration, design, project management. I mean, we will really work on anything. Laura and I have a long history of working in several different um, facets of business. So we understand um a lot of different roles and we're able to absorb that you know we've been in the workforce for a long time so we really can recruit for anything um sales is in my blood that's really what i've done all my life sales and 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 sales management so 
that's definitely in our wheelhouse for sure. And Laura was a healthcare recruiter for a long time. Sure. And I'll speak to that. I mean, right now, I mean, the healthcare system, they're hiring all day long, every week, week after week, and they just can't get candidates in there. And so my past experience there, I still am tapped into that a little bit and certainly work with, um, you know, friends that own their own healthcare business and had a neighbor this week reach out to me and I'm helping her source a candidate just because they can't find anybody with one of the big systems here. So Kelly and I certainly will work in any industry that we feel knowledgeable about. And uh, I would think that's pretty much all of them. I got one question about uh, loyalty in general. It seems like now the new the new way to get to the top is to jump, 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 and jump, right? And recruiters in general have kind of been on the forefront of of having those conversations with with candidates and 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 letting them maybe realize, you know, not only what their worth would be that maybe there is something else out there. Maybe there's something that would tweak your interest. I feel it's kind of gotten to the point now where some people have no loyalty at all. It's like six months at a job, one year there, we're gone, we're gone, we're gone. And I remember back in the day when we were recruiting, which I think it's probably changed now, but it was like, we called them job jumpers. And that was like, that's a no, no, right? Like we got to have reasons for leaving. Like, why did you leave this organization? And loyalty was kind of a, it was a big thing. Like it was big investments for the companies that we were bringing in these specific engineers. So yeah, we had a 90 day guarantee, but reality, like this person wanted them to be there like for a long time. Is that on the mind of employers and how are our candidates reacting to that because it just doesn't seem like it exists like we're in a world of like instant gratification i want results i want them right now like nobody wants to like fall in love with the process they just want to fall in love with immediate results that's that's true brian i i'm a very um active linkedin user i know you are too and there are posts all over the place about how you know in polls there's a lot of polls on linkedin where you know people are asking how to climb the ladder monetarily and a lot of times you have to leave your company in order to get you know enough money i put a poll out there recently and it was about have you ever gone to your employer and asked for a raise and they said to you the only way that they can give you one is if you bring them an outside offer i couldn't <laughs> believe how many people that's insane if yeah. i heard that I, I, i'd be like bye I don't even need it. I'm going to go get an outside offer and I'm taking that one. <laughs> like, that's crazy. Well, and a lot of times that's corporate companies yeah. who, you know, have constraints, you know, like you're a level one, two or three, we yeah. can't give you more money. Right. Um, and they've got to change that mentality these days because if they want to keep people, um, that's not the way to do it. There was another poll on LinkedIn that somebody did and it was, um, would you go to work for a lesser known or, unrecognizable brand name company versus like one of the big banks or, or big institutions. If you felt like they cared about you as a person, 12,000 people voted on that poll and 96%, I think said, yes, they would. It's all about taking care of your people these days and getting to know them on a human level. You can't have a barrier between frontline managers and their people. The managers need to understand their people. They need to care about their people and they need to understand what's important to them. Not everybody wants to be a manager. Not everybody wants to climb the corporate ladder. But it, in these days and times, 
if you're not talking to your people one-on-one at least every other week, once a month, I've had some people tell me that, oh, so-and-so just left and we had no idea. We were shocked. We couldn't believe that, that she wasn't happy. Well, when's the last time you sat down and actually had a conversation? Um, You know, and the managers just aren't trained to do those things. You just said this, and I think this this sums it up. If you're not having a one-on-one conversation with your employees, a recruiter is. I can promise you that. <laughs> yeah. I can Somebody, promise you it that. Well, it's just like your somebody's spouse, talking right? to like, <laughs> Just like your spouse. If you're not yeah, engaged somebody, on a regular right. basis, somebody, somebody will be. Somebody is. buddy. How do you all feel, and are you seeing more and more of this, the, the international sort of temp worker, right? Like in our industry, we're hearing, seeing it in our suppliers, in our competitors, um, a lot of it's back-end staff just getting things done for the client-facing folks. Um, do you all have any experience there and any insight? Well, I know that there are several different uh, – gig working is a thing. You know, when you say, where did all the workers go? Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever heard of gig stacking? It's I like have having three to four to five gigs. Mm-hmm. They stack gigs, and that's how they make money. Wow. Um, <laughs> They pull all that together and and there's their job. Um, There are so many sites these days, Fiverr, Upwork, places that you can go and put your resume out there and you can take on project-based work. Um, I I think that that's more in the realm of in the um, maybe um, admin space, IT space, things like that not really in the sales or customer service space or, you know, leadership space, but definitely um, it's, it's a gig economy right now for sure. I, I never heard of gig stacking. I haven't either. That's it great. Makes, makes I have sense. 17 yeah. jobs right now. <laughs> <laughs> you remember the I mean, Saturday Night Live? Right. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. I'm, uh, I'm not sure I saw that one. I don't think I did either. <laughs> enlighten us. Enlighten us. Tell us about it. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's, 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 it's Jamaica Mon. I got a job. You get a job. And you, it's hilarious. We'll have to check I'll, that I'll out. I'll have to check that out. Um, I, so before we, we kind of, you know, wrap this up, I, I want to get people, um, uh, obviously the contact information so they can get in contact with you, but I want to dive into your behavioral assessment. And we talked about it briefly. And I think this is something that really differentiates you. Like, like I said, being in the recruiting world, there's a lot of recruiters out there, but I would say about 10% of them truly are going to try to understand who you are, what your business is like, what the culture is like. And I, and I definitely believe that Kelly and Laura or those type of people. But one thing that they've been able to do is this behavioral assessment. And I think I look at, I look at it this way. When you, when, when two people get married or, or me and my wife, right, we are not the exact same. I would say we're opposite in a lot of ways. Well, what does that do to me? It makes us a great couple. It makes us great parents. We complement each other, but we also pick each other up in areas and gaps that, that don't necessarily, or, or something that might not be my strength. My wife would probably say that's 90% her and 10% me, but hey, my 10% is important. All right. I work, I work my ass off for that 10%. But this is also like a business, right? Because if you hire everybody that's the exact same, there's going to be things that you miss and you're not going to be able to grow your organization and achieve what you really want to achieve because you don't need everybody pulling the same direction. It, that that kind of sounds off, but it's, it's right, right? Like you need to be able to have a lot of different types of people. And what this behavioral assessment will do will literally show you everybody in your organization right now. And then literally the gaps like right in front of your face of if you're going to hire one more person, this is where they need to be. Tell me a little bit about 
this behavioral assessment because like I said, I've done a lot of personality tests and different, you know, disc assessments and all these different things. And everybody tries to throw it into this is how it's going to work in your company. You guys make it really simple. The analytics are right there. Not only do you give that information, you tell us how you can interact with those with those people in your company. You tell us how you can train them. When you have new hires, you have the right questions to ask them on periodic three, six, nine month reviews. It's all right there. It's like the the playbook for winning a Super Bowl right in front of your hands. And um, I, I loved it. I thought it was amazing. So tell me a little bit about that assessment and why people should be excited about that and why they should contact you and, and get their organization involved. Yeah, Brian, wow. Gosh, do you need a job? Do you, do you, I, I, do, I do not need a job. <laughs> Sorry, Scott. <laughs> oh, oh, I, we got bad service. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't hear you. No, I'm good. Yeah. So. <laughs> I love my job, but I do love what I you guys are you. doing. So tell I'm me. Teasing. Yeah. So the great thing about it is that it takes between five and seven minutes to do. Scott, I know we were pulling teeth trying to get you to take this. <laughs> when you took we got it, it, we got it. Was it not the easiest thing in the world? It really so, was. Yeah. Yes, it was awesome. <laughs> so what's great about it is once you get the results for this, you're able to go into the software and look at your whole team in the software on a team wheel and you're able to see kind of what you have in front of you and like you said Brian where are the holes there you know what do I need to hire next your team looked a lot like my team you have more people than I do I only have three I think you guys have six or seven but we were both lacking in the process and precision and results and discipline quadrants and that's where my next hire needs to be because I'm a maverick. You're a maverick, and so is Scott. It was it was crazy. Um, maverick, mavericks, mavericks. Yes, Let's go blazing trails. <laughs> so we're you know we're the visionaries. We're the ones who are not afraid of risk. You know we need somebody to bring us down to earth and make <laughs> things happen and work behind the scenes. Like when it's time for me to do accounting because I'm a solopreneur. Um, I just want to put needles in my eyes. That's just not me. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound fun. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm glad that's not part of my uh, my daily job. I'll tell you that. Yeah. 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 That, that's but some people love that. God bless them. Yeah. Hate, hate Salesforce. You know, they love to hate it. They have to put in all the details and it's just not the part of the job that they enjoy, but it's, it's something they have to do. So, oh, you know, we it really you. does. Yeah. yeah. So how, that, how are you at, at keeping up with notes and details, Brian? How am I about keeping up? Well, now that we have a brand new CRM, CRM it's a lot easier. I'll tell you that. Yeah. But I'm a list type of a guy, right? Like I like to make lists and I like to to, comp, or to to check off those lists. But we live in an era now where you're not utilizing technology to keep you not only following up, but understanding what your daily tasks need to be then you're missing out. I mean, I literally used to be the person that would be writing on a Sunday's like my entire list of how my week's going to be and all these different things. And I love doing that. Well, now it's automated for me if I just do it the right way. Right. So um, I would say technology has made that a lot easier. And, and I, you know, I challenge everybody, the list thing, it's hard to get away from, but if you're not utilizing technology to help you out and streamline what you're trying to do, then the the bottom line is somebody else will, and they're going to be more successful than you specifically from a sales standpoint. I mean, it is what it is. So numbers true. don't lie. You know, numbers That's don't right. lie. Well, you talk about the technology reports and, and put in information, the reporting that you get from this behavioral assessment with onboarding 
training and learning more about your people and how to manage them better. It's just unbelievable. You were talking about you and your wife. Um, we should have her take it because I can give you a one-to-one -one relationship guide that will show you. Oh, now we're swinging this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, let's do Let it. Let me know. Tell us. And then, you oh, know, go ahead. Sorry. There are, there's guidance there. There's a manager strategy guide that you get so that you can work, look at, you know, how does this employee like to be managed? If you manage everybody the same way, you're not going to get the results that you want to see. You got to make sure that you manage to someone's strengths and also their blind spots and help them through those things. That's, that's what a good manager does. So you're they mentor and coach. Are you telling me you're going to give me the, the, the tools to manage my wife? <laughs> just kidding. My wife ain't listening to this. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Could you speak a little bit um, as to like, say we were wanted to work with you. Could you speak a little bit about how your process goes uh, for one of your clients in the beginning? Sure, absolutely. Sure. I'll take that one, Kelly. Yeah. Um, and so what we do, I know we've mentioned this in the beginning, but we really start on the front end and we work with our clients. We get that scope of work from them completed and we really get the details of the company because we want someone to know what to expect in working there, nail down the job description. That is super important. We also, like Kelly had mentioned, develop that relationship with the hiring manager. And it's a crucial part of the process so we can find the right fit for that company. Um, and then really we start sourcing candidates. We conduct, you know, phone interviews might be multiple. We definitely have virtual interviews and we basically send our clients a vetted candidate in a certain format that allows them not only to see their resume, but we provide a lot of notes that we took that give us more detail outside of what the resume looks like. Now, we do have to uh, kiss a lot of frogs before we can ever send over that prince or princess over to them. But once our candidates get them, they know they are getting a qualified candidate. We, like Kelly had mentioned, we take them through um, once an offer is being made, the negotiation stage, we bridge the gap, we can discuss, you know, employee benefits, the PTO, really the whole process um, is what we do and specialize, you know, in being that boutique recruiting firm. Very cool. Yeah. I love it. The, like, how long does that normally take, that, that sales cycle? Oh. And, and I know it's different with every company and organization, but on average, what does that look like? Uh, Kelly, I would say, I mean, it really depends on the position um, and how picky somebody might be, um, or particular, I should say. But I would say a couple weeks to a month, we can wow. find a qualified candidate. Wow. That's a lot Some quicker than I thought. definitely taken longer. Yeah. And, and if cool. they let us, um, if they would like to use the software that we have, the predictive index, it's got a way that we can create um, a job target in the software. Um, we can even benchmark like your best employee. Let's say you're trying to hire for sales and you know that this person is the most successful person in your organization. We can benchmark a job target in the software against that person. And then when we assess candidates coming in, we can see where they fall in the software. How, do, how you know, are they, do they look like this person looks? You know, where, 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 it, it just it helps you see that someone's more aligned. We actually were helping a client hire for um, 
a more administrative job. And this person had been looking for a new job for a while. She was actually um, looking to do something more, um, I don't know how to say this. She wanted more process and precision and to work behind a desk. She had been out and about going to different sites and it just really wasn't something she wanted to do anymore. So the client interviewed her. She kept telling them that that's what she, what she wanted. They wanted to hire her. They thought she was the best fit for the job, but they were worried that she wouldn't enjoy doing repetitive work and work that was more process and precision driven. So they had some hesitations. We decided to go ahead and give her this behavioral assessment. Well, it completely checked all of the boxes and everything that they wanted to see. It just gave them a little extra um, validation that this was the right person to hire. And she's working out beautifully, just one of their best hires ever. So it can help in that way. Love it. Yeah. I love that. That that's, um, it's something that just kind of gives you a little bit more like, okay, yeah, good. This is, this is the right person. Well, just confidence because as an employer, you make a huge investment in anyone that's new to your team from a time perspective, money and everything else. And uh, just the confidence in going in, knowing that this is actually a very qualified person helps versus that gut instinct that we talked about earlier. 100%. You know, I'm going to say something as being a, a, an ex-recruiter. One of the best questions I love asking hiring managers, and I'll just challenge you if you're a hiring manager right now, a recruiter can do their job. They can get that person to that meeting. But it's also your job to sell your company. And this was the, the number one question I would ask hiring managers, and I hated their answer was simple. Why would candidate would a basically why would an amazing candidate want to work for you? That's a simple question. Like why would why would I want to work for Scott Dunstan? If Scott Dunstan can't give me an answer off the hip of why me as an A plus candidate should work for you, then it doesn't matter who I bring to the table as a recruiter. They ain't gonna go there. And it was pretty shocking. Um I, I mean some of these hire managers just think you're supposed to to give them a steak fillet right there. And all they got to do is just sign the dot, you know? But anyways, um, what about, so tell us, we, we have a lot of people that will be listening to this and, uh, you know, that, that own businesses right now. This is the biggest thing is, is talent. It's the challenge. Every single person that you talk to, doesn't matter what industry, we can't find people. Every place you go to is hiring. You look at signing bonuses at Taco Bell. I mean, I'm telling like $2,500 to go work at Ta- Taco Bell. <laughs> That's insane. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that's yeah. where we're at. So wh- how can people get in touch with you? What's the best process to get this rocking so they can get in touch with your hiring coaches? Well, we're very active on LinkedIn. I mean, Laura and I are on LinkedIn 24-7. So if you want to send us a direct message on there, I'm Kelly Venable, Laura Stevens with a P-H-S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S. Um or our website is yourhiringcoaches.com. We have Facebook and Instagram, but it's really no different than what we post on LinkedIn. So I do LinkedIn and email us, get our website. Love it. 
Yes. yes awesome. Yes. Well, Kelly and Laura, thank you guys so much for joining us. I love uh, I love the passion around what you do. I love the professionalism around what you do. I know that uh, for anybody that uses you guys, the candidates they receive, they will be happy with. And I feel like you guys have a lot of repeat buyers. Let's put it that way, uh, which is always good in the recruiting world. But thank you so much. If you are you know listening, please like, share, comment, go follow them on LinkedIn, go follow them on Instagram. Check out what they're doing, and uh, when you're ready to hire or bring in, you know, more talent, or if you just want to see, you know, potentially what that gap is in your company, please reach out to them at your hiring coaches. The behavioral assessment is awesome. I promise you, you will love it, and it will tell you a lot about yourself, and it'll tell you a lot about your team. So, thank you again, Kelly and Laura. It was a pleasure to have you on this episode of the Brand Builders Podcast. Yes, it was. Thank, thank, you, thank so you much. All. Yes, and please thank send our love much. to to Sandra. That's right. Yes, we will. We, we were will. missing her today. Gain strong. Yeah. You got this, brother. And um, <laughs> that's right. We will. Um, until next time, we'll spread the word. Go check out your hiring coaches. We appreciate everybody listening. Until the next time, you've been listening to this episode of the Brand Builders Podcast. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.